Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Hey, the Super Bowl's over. Football season's over. It's golf season now. So uh, here we are at Fleming Island Golf Club uh, today on a Monday after the Super Bowl. And uh, it's not only golf season, it's baseball, softball season, it's spring season. It's time to move the calendar, although we could use a little bit warmer weather. Uh, pretty nice day here on a Monday. What do you think about the halftime show? What do you think about the commercials? Even, do people even talk about the commercials anymore? And then what do you think about the game as the Rams are Super Bowl champs? And uh, we're one of the favorites to do so. They delivered out of the best division in football that we thought all, uh, all year long. And, uh, by the way, the Cincinnati Bengals were, I think, 7,500 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl this time last year going into the 2022 season, uh, 2021 season, excuse me. And uh, they ended up in the dance. So take a look at the bottom of the odds table and pick your Jags, Houston Texans, everybody else if you want. Uh, I think the Jets are in there, too. So you never, never know. Brent Martineau here on location. Austin Lane back in the Action Sports Jack studios off a big weekend of football, big weekend of UFC as well. Hope you nailed all the prop bets over under on the uh, national anthem, Austin Lane. What would you get? Um, didn't nail all the prop bets. Um, I thought for sure they were going to take it out of the end zone to open the game off, and they didn't do that. So uh, I fell behind on that one. Didn't win the prop bet on the Gatorade. Thought I had that one pegged. But uh, What did you have? It was blue, right? Yeah, I had uh, yellow, I believe. Because somebody okay. on some message board that I bought into said that the quarterback gets to choose the color of Gatorade. And supposedly Matthew Stafford is a lime or lemon, whatever it is, um, Y- yellow, basically, he's a he's a yellow junkie is what they were t- saying. So if the Rams won, it was going to be yellow. Well, I couldn't have been more wrong, so I, I failed on that one. But I hit most of them, though. All right, good yeah. deal. Uh, Snoop Dogg hey, did not smoke on stage, by the way. That was a huge not. one for me. Right before stage. No, right, 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 right there was before. a video right before it, yeah. Dang it. Thankfully, they didn't show that. <laughs> uh, what did you make of the game, guys? Uh, what, what do you think of it? Uh, it's a, it was a unique watching viewing experience for me. I've been at many of the Super Bowls over the years. I uh, wasn't at it last year uh, in Tampa, so I guess it was a little bit like that. And the neighbors always have like a, a Super Bowl party. We appreciate them. We love them, but I never usually can go. So for the first half, I kind of went over there, and I, I found myself not as locked into the game as I should have been. Really? <laughs> at okay. times. Okay. Well, just because your people are yapping and talking, sure. and it's good to see people. And heck, I don't even know half my neighbors, um, so it was nice to introduce myself. There you go. Um, but uh, so that was kind of fun, though. That's kind of what people do, right? And so got the chance to do what a lot of people do and, and have a little Super Bowl party fun. Uh, but then I went into work after that, and and you know I was I was locked in. I, I said this, and I don't know if you guys felt this. Did you feel the drama of the Super Bowl, even though it was 23-20 and it came down to the final moments, like we did the other postseason games? Like, I didn't feel that through the TV. It was almost like anticlimactic in a way. I wasn't even sure. the. I think, like, the fourth quarter went so fast that it didn't have time to build the amount of drama that I thought was built maybe in some of the earlier postseason games that were so good. Was that just me? Was I alone there? So I enjoyed the game, and I thought there was drama because momentum shifted a couple of times. 
Um, in the beginning, it looked like, okay, this is going to be the Rams game. Cincinnati can't stop them on defense. Stafford's going to have his way uh, with the Bagels. And then all of a sudden you saw Odell Beckham Jr. get hurt, and then Chris Collinsworth might have mentioned that 200 times last night in terms of how much the Rams were missing Odell Beckham Jr. Hey, Chris Collinsworth, we get it, man. You know, And, and I, I'm the last person to be nitpicky about announcers or you know color commentary and stuff, but Chris Collinsworth, we get it. Yes, the Rams were missing Odell Beckham Jr. last night, and yes, I'm sure he feels sad not being out there with his teammates. Nevertheless, you know, I, I thought after that then and Cooper Cup just all of a sudden vanished, it was the Bengals game to win and it looked like that for a while and then obviously Stafford works off the of magic at the end. So, I mean, I thought it was a great game in terms of momentum. That's what you want in, in any great football game. You, you want a, a game where it's like, oh yeah, the Rams got it. Wait a second, now the Bengals got it. No, the Rams got it again. And I thought that, that kind of delivered. So, I thought there was some suspense. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't an overtime thriller, uh, game-winning field goal per se. But I still thought it provided some excitement. Yeah, Casey, I don't know even how to describe it, but I was saying it to folks like, again, before you knew it, there was 13 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Then there was six minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Then it was like two minutes and 18 seconds to go in the fourth quarter. It was like, wow, this thing's like almost done. We're not going to have like 14 score changes in the last few minutes. Like this thing's almost done. What do you think about it, Casey, watching it? Did you feel it, like did it feel as good a game as it says on paper? It's funny you say that because, no, like, I, I feel the same way you do. Like, I was sitting there and, like, I was watching it, but I never – I don't. I wasn't, like, hanging on the edge of my seat like I was the Bills-Chiefs game. Like, I just – I don't know. Like, the – it's a weird way to describe it. Like you said, I was, like, there and I was watching, but I wasn't, like, locked in. Like, the drama wasn't getting to me. I was like, oh, okay, football. Like, I don't, I don't know why, but I just felt like it, we were just watching two teams play football. It didn't feel like the Super Bowl. I, I agree. You know, I, I really sense that, and I don't know why. I think there's a couple of reasons, okay? One is, I think, because the Rams won, and they were supposed to win. Right? I, I think they were one of the favorites all year long. Nobody would be surprised if they won, especially this game against Cincinnati. And it kind of played out at the end, like we thought, with the offensive line of Cincinnati not being able to block Aaron Donald and company. I also just wonder if part of this is just the Super Bowl because you don't have the Kansas City crowd, right? You don't have the Green Bay crowd. You don't have that. And so you miss those shots because it's a somewhat neutral crowd. It's a corporate crowd at the Super Bowl. And so you never really feel like some of those, the NBC shots that you would get if this game was at Arrowhead or, or somewhere else, or even Cincinnati for that matter. Um, I just don't think you ever really felt that come off the TV. But I, it was just an odd feeling because at the end of the day, it was a really good football game as, as the flow game. Like, Austin brings up a great point. The ebbs and flows of the game, the injuries, the where's Cooper Cup? Oh, here he is. The big players at the end making the appropriate plays. A fourth and one at the end to decide the game right around midfield and someone's going in as a, uh, to tie the game up. I mean, Yeah, listen, what a snooze fest, huh? I know it doesn't feel like it, but I'm just telling you, it didn't, it didn't jump off. And I almost wonder this, Austin, are we spoiled? Like, we had seven, I think a seven, really good games in the postseason. Like, really good. And <laughs> were we spoiled to the fact that we didn't get five lead changes in the final four minutes? like some of these games played out during the postseason. I mean, it's a possibility, but it's like I said, I mean, I've... I was completely happy with it just because I expected Cincinnati to win um, towards that third and fourth quarter. The, the way they were shutting down Cooper Cup and they didn't really have a, you know, any other answers for, you know, in terms of L.A. They couldn't really run the ball at all. Cincinnati's defense was playing great. And during that last drive for L.A., I'm just like, well, there's no way they can pull this off. Stafford looks a little, you know, shaky. Yeah. You know, Sean McVay questioning if he's calling his best game and everything. Like, who's going to step up? And then all of a sudden, Cooper Cup out of nowhere, you know, I mean, basically took the drive over by himself. 
So, I mean, I, I thought it had everything. You know, I mean, I, I get it. Once again, you didn't go to overtime. There wasn't a lot of lead changes. But what I expected to happen didn't happen. And, and that's all I can uh, um, ask sometimes from a football game. Yeah, and I'll give you one. I, I thought you just brought up really there's a lot to break down in the game. Um, where does the Rams drive rank? You know, and I mean, we talk Super Bowls now. We talk game-winning drives. We talk about big moments. And at the end of the – like, I was tweeting at the time. Like, Sean McVay, in my opinion, I think you noticed this too, Austin, from what you just said. He looked tight. Like, he well, looked I like, think- oh, my gosh, we're gonna, I'm going to lose another Super Bowl. We're going to score 16 points, and I scored three the last time I coached in the Super Bowl. What's going on here? Well, I mean, I think the whole team looked tight, though. You know, I mean, I'm not sure if it was necessarily his play calling because there's a couple times where Stafford missed Van Jefferson, who was wide open. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not necessarily saying that Sean McVay looked tight, but just, you know, the run game was not working. um, And obviously Stafford didn't play his best ball towards the end. Yeah, well, and I noticed, I thought Stafford, even from a comfortability standpoint, it wasn't the rush. It was that he looked like he wasn't just loose throwing the ball. So, you know, listen, it's a big moment. Sometimes guys get tight. I think we saw that earlier in the postseason a couple times where players drop passes because they're like, man, I know how big this moment is. Uh, I think we saw it on the final drive. Jalen Ramsey tried to jump a pass. That was probably, well, I don't know about out of character, but he shouldn't have tried to jump the pass. And he did because he was trying to make that play. And so in that moment, it just shows you what was at stake. Um, And I think you can make the case that the rest got a little bit tight at the end, too. Uh, And there were misplays throughout the game, right? Jalen Ramsey holding on the sideline. The the touchdown on uh, Higgins, that was offensive P.I. all the way. I mean, replay showed that. Yeah, but they were letting him play, though. See, I'm not mad at that because on the other side of things, um, you know, there might have been a pass interference as well in the first quarter. So, like, I respected how the refs were letting him play. I mean, and that's why the game kind of went so fast. There wasn't a lot of penalties to slow the True. game down. Six combined. So it was an extremely um, quick game, which I wasn't complaining about at all. I think in terms of where does that Rams drive rank in terms of, you know, some of the, the greatest performances in Super Bowl history, I can't put it that high just because that drive was predicated on maybe a questionable call at the end. Um, an uncharacteristic call of what those refs were calling the entire game. So it's hard to put it way up there because it's it's questionable. Yeah, and the play you're talking about is down near the goal line on third and goal. Mm-hmm. That was I, – I really hate when they do this, Austin. You, you mentioned it. They let them play, right? And usually you'll see a tug. And I'm a big believer that if you impede a route and, and where the route's supposed to go, that's where, that's where I, I can't fault a penalty flag. That never happened. It never happened. And then on top of it, they reward the bad pass by Stafford. It was behind him. Mm-hmm. And they rewarded it. It was not a bad play by the linebacker. And it was not a foul. Like, I just did not see that as being a penalty, especially in a game where you really let them play the whole time. Now, the other penalties after that, I thought those were pretty legit. Like, I thought Eli Apple, that was holding. He impeded the route there. I, I thought that was. But the one to not set up fourth and goal with everything on the line to give them a new set of downs. That was massive, man, and 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 I I just thought that was a really poor call in the, in the time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it completely changed the momentum. Obviously, um, it, it kind of gave the, the the Rams new life, as in proposed to coming down to a fourth down call where the game's on the line. Like that would have been drama right there. That that would have been must see TV. So. Yeah, I mean, it was super impressive by Stafford, um, super impressive by Cup. But once again, and I, it is what it is. You know, I mean, it's the refs. They're not going to always be 100%. I thought that they called a great game up until that point pretty much. Um, it's just it's not a great drive because the refs had their hands in it so much.
Yeah, yeah. Just and, and I wouldn't even say so much, Austin. Like, again, I think they were trying to get away with things at the end. Eli Apple, and you do that. You try to get away late in the game because sometimes they'll let them play. We see that in the NBA, right, uh, or in college basketball, even late. They're going to let them play. Well, again, that wasn't the case uh, on the play over the middle to Cup. Like, it was really that call that changed everything. I mean, we had the opportunity there from the 8-yard line, 7-yard line, for a fourth and goal. Mm for everything on the line, and that's the way it should have been. And maybe they convert, right? Maybe they make the play. But then there's a whole bunch more time even left on the clock. Or if the Rams misfire, then the Bengals take over on, I think, their own seven or eight-yard line, and the Rams have three timeouts left. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot that still could have happened, and the rest decided in that moment that they were going to make the the play that kind of changed how all that would play out. They might not have changed the outcome. I'm not convinced of that. But they certainly changed how some of it uh, were to play out. And then we can question, I think, what the, the Bengals did, right? They had second and one. They were doing a nice job. They were on the other side of the field. And second and one, third and one, fourth and one. Uh, you you got to be better than that if you're Zach Taylor and, and the Bengals when you're in that situation and probably somewhat like 12, 15 yards at the most away from a game-tying field goal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, it's a shame that, you know, after a Super Bowl on a Monday, you, you come in and, and you got to question a call that directly affected the game. Um, once again, like, I'm, I'm not mad at, at the Ramsey one where it, it might have been pass interference, probably should have been. But, like, if you're going to call a very loose game, then call a loose game throughout. You know, you you can't switch it up with two minutes or three minutes left in the game. Like, that's just not right. So, I love the consistency throughout the entire game. Then all of a sudden, you know, the last couple of minutes, um, they changed the script and, and it had a direct outcome to the game, which is a shame because yeah. I also think it was a great game regardless. But. Yeah, and, and by the way, the one thing on the Ramsey play, and even the one down near the goal line, the people are like, well, Ramsey got away with this. It's like, well, sometimes, listen, these guys are crafty enough or it just works out to get lucky enough where your view is blocked. And so the officials running down the sideline probably until that other angle on, on, on the broadcast of seeing Ramsey's head get turned. Yeah. Like, you really didn't know what happened in live action until you saw that. Well, the official's not going to probably see that from where he is. He's blocked out from the inside of the field. So I get why some of the calls are missed. What The thing that happened in the middle of the field at the end, sh sh I mean, you shouldn't really be blocked out. You got all eyes right in the middle of the field. So uh, it happens. It does happen. Uh, overall, a pretty good game. I think a worthy champ, too. You know, uh, uh, the Rams are good. The Rams built it. I love the Super Bowl because you can do it two different ways. You can do it the way the Rams did it, go get stars. and Or you can do it the way Cincinnati did it in this league. And to me, Cincinnati is the epitome, Austin, of parity in the NFL. The Jags, remember, are an outlier. Their, their dismal nature, really, for the last 15 years outside of one year, is an outlier. The Clevelands of the world, even when the Buffalo Bills were doing it, the Raiders, the old Rams, when they were in St. Louis, it's an outlier. Keep in mind, Cincinnati is a team that has a very young coach, had a second-year quarterback, has a lot of young players, does, don't have a lot of stars on the defensive side of the ball, by name at least, uh, have $50 million left over in cap space, have the, the, the smallest scouting department in the NFL, have the cheapest coach in the NFL, and made the Super Bowl. Like, that's what parity is all about mm -hmm. in the NFL. And Cincinnati, you know, while they've been somewhat the bungles over the years and they hadn't made it to this point in some 30 years and they hadn't won a postseason game in, like, 20 years, they had knocked on the door for a long time over that stretch with Marvin Lewis. Like, they had been adequate. They had been competitive. And so, to me, it was a great reminder of a couple different ways to make it to the game and why the NFL is, is such a parity league. And, and listen, it's not the NFL setup 
and that their their fault for the Jags being so bad. <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, it allows you to do it in a variety of ways. However you want to do it, if you make a few right decisions, and we're seeing a Cincinnati team that puts a little pressure on themselves probably to make more right decisions than others, but we're able to accomplish the feat uh, to at least get to the game this year. Well, and it's going to be super interesting next year now with Cincinnati is if they spend some of that money because yeah. they have one of the largest you know salary cap openings um, in the NFL going into next year. So I'm very curious to see how they spend money on that. You know, it looks like the roster is probably going to be um, – almost all intact you know obviously offensive line is going to be an issue going forward as a lot of people thought it was going to be but besides that I mean they have the offensive weapons you know they, they have a pretty solid defense so yeah I don't think it's necessarily going to be a one and done for Cincinnati depending how they play free agency play the draft and everything but you got to like what they did going forward and it, it is a copycat league and the Cincinnati blueprint it's going to be one that yeah there's not going to be a Joe Burrow every single year but if you look how they took care of Joe Burrow in terms of the weapon game, um, if you mimic that, you can definitely have a chance. On the other side with the Los Angeles Rams, and once again, this is a copycat league, so people are going to watch what the, what the Rams did now. You want a Super Bowl and say, well, why can't we do that as well? Maybe let's not put such a premium on first-round draft picks. I'm going to laugh if that's going to be the, the, the overall synopsis in the NFL for the years to come where people try to copy the Rams because it's not as easy as you think it is. Yeah, I get it. You, you sacrifice, you know, first-round picks for high-valued free agents or, 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 or trade targets, and you think it's all going to work out. But keep in mind, I mean, Jared Goff, when they drafted him, like, he did what they asked him to do. They also drafted, you know, arguably one of the best defenders of all time in Aaron Donald. Those were kind of your building blocks. And then they had a guy in Todd Gurley who, at that time when he was drafted in the next couple of years, was one of the better backs in the league. So when you have that, then, yeah, maybe you can go out and afford to trade for some, you know, high-priced targets, um, some high, you know, free agents and bring them in. But not every team can pull that off. Not every team has a foundation, a base, and a head coach to pull that off. And I wonder how many teams are going to say, oh, okay, all we got to do is trade our first-round picks away and we'll be fine, <laughs> and it backfires in their face. Because keep in mind, through all the trades that the Rams have done, coming to my mind right now, I can't think of any trades that the Rams have even lost or even broke even on. They've won every single trade. They've won every single transaction. Now, sometimes, you know, it's, it's even on both sides. Sometimes, you know, one side gets the better of you. But as far as I can remember, the Rams have won every one of those. That's rare. That always doesn't happen like that. So I'm very curious to see going forward of how many teams see the Rams of what they did and say, you know what, we can go ahead and do that, do, and it's going to backfire in their face. Yeah, that's a really good point, man, because you're right. They've won a lot of moves out there. And I would say this, Austin. With all that, the method that they chose, with all the winning of the moves and all the high-priced guys or big-money guys or star guys they have, they still were a beneficial call or, at the very least, two minutes away from losing the Super Bowl and not really looking much different than they lost to the New England Patriots with Jared Goff as their QB, you know? I mean, they, they were, at the time, 13 points better, mm -hmm. but still on the losing end. So uh, this is, I think, a better team, a more equipped team, but... They still almost didn't pull it off, but they did. And, and at the end of the day, that's what matters. They ended up pulling it off. Uh, I will say this about Cincinnati. You cannot argue that Jamar Chase was a difference maker for them. And he got them here. He helped them get here. They wouldn't be here without Jamar Chase. And everybody knows that and I think believes that. But at the end of the day, they did lose with a bad offensive line. That was their Achilles heel. And they could not operate offensively the way they wanted to operate in that game because of their offensive line. So going forward, 
they are going to have to do something about that offensive line. And they've tried. They have just been really bad at finding the right pieces, Austin, of that offensive line. If they can figure out that with a couple of players, then they've, they really are set up uh, to maybe make a nice little run here along with the Chiefs and, and Bills and really threaten for a long time well, to come. Well, and it's, you know, it, it's quite the question to ask because – Forever, you know, in the game of football, I've always been ingrained that you have to win in the trenches, win in the trenches. Well, the Cincinnati Bengals took the opposite approach. And they said, well, we can get Penny Sewell, who is a story left tackle, who could be an all-pro for years to come. Or we can get Jamar Chase, who is an explosive, dynamic playmaker. But keep in mind, didn't play his, his last season at LSU. So we're not sure what we're, we're going to get with him in his rookie year. They want Jamar Chase and the rest is history. I think if they draft Penny Sewell, they don't even sniff a Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, I wonder going forward as well of obviously there's always going to be a premium on left tackles and, and, and offensive linemen, and I get that. You got to take care of your quarterback. But I think that bridge is closing now. That, that gap is closing in terms of how we feel about a bona fide left tackle and how we feel about an, an, an all-star wide receiver. Yeah, but I will say this now. If Burrow doesn't come back in the game after he goes down in that game, then that's all we're talking about. Wouldn't you agree? That'd be two years ago in a row, banged up one left knee, one right knee, or one right leg. You know, I mean, um, S- Stafford I, went down though too. You know, I and know, and like at the end of the day, if Burrow was to get hurt because of that offensive line, we're talking about Burrow getting hurt in the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know. Listen, I'm not questioning their pick. Yeah. I'm just saying they're not going to do this year in year out if their offensive line's giving up seven sacks and 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 nine sacks in the postseason. Like, you just can't overcome Oh, that. no. And, and I think you know? right now with their offensive weapons, they're all set there. So, yeah, now it is offensive line just because what else do you need? I mean, okay, a, a tight end maybe, but, like, let's not get too greedy here. Like, they're, they're setting a lot of the offensive skill positions. Now it's time to shore up your offensive line. Yeah, that and then I think they got to shore up that secondary. I mean, Eli Apple, I mean, again, some of the, the weaker spots of their team showed up at the big moments yesterday in the last couple of minutes, which that's what happens. And by the way, some of the best guys on the ramp showed up in the biggest of moments. Mm-hmm. Cooper Cup, final three minutes. Aaron Donald, well, really the whole second half, but especially the final few minutes. And hey, that's why they're our favorites, right? That's why there are better teams. They have more of the stars and playmakers, and they showed up. I guess that'd be my only thing, Austin. They got Jamar Chase. I think the ball in the first, or was it Higgins? Actually, they got. They didn't give Chase the ball. I don't think in, in the final drive. Yeah. And I was kind of hoping they would go to him. Doesn't matter if he's working against Ramsey. That's your best guy. Go to him. Mm-hmm. And and that's what Cooper. Like they squeezed it into Cup now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like he was wide open on that last drive. They made sure they got him the football, so you definitely appreciate uh, that. Uh, what do you think about the rest of the Super Bowl coverage? And, and um, now where do we go? What are the odds for next year already? I'll share them with you. Some of the prop bets, how they uh, shake out. Have some fun with that. And uh, now the offseason really begins. Free agency period. Shock your mock season. Almost here. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We're live at Fleming Island Golf Club here until 6 o'clock on ESPN 690. Yeah, we had a little run alert in. We can you know, call the run. If we get the look we want to, we'll get man or something. We get a zero. I think we ended up getting a zero on that one. Uh, you know, we're able to alert things, uh, alert and throw a little fade ball out there. Uh, you know, Eli Apple has been playing me pretty well the entire game. Um, really came up, challenged me. Um, doing a really good job with that. And, uh, yeah, he, you know, cover zero. You got that inside leverage. So I tried to just weave to his leverage, make him, you know, move in a little bit, jab him one time, and be able to just give uh, give Matthew some room to put the ball wherever he wanted to. And be a great, you know, back shoulder throw and uh, was able to come down with it. 
That is Cooper Cup. Man, what a player. I mean, started going around a little bit yesterday. You see, like, uh, no star guy, no offers, and and now offensive uh, player of the year and Super Bowl MVP. Did they get it right, by the way? Should Donald have won Super Bowl MVP? No, you have to get the cup, I think. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I, I mean, Cup, by the way, I mean, Cup, by his standards, eight catches for 92 yards was a subpar game. <laughs> no, for sure. <laughs> I mean, thank you for that last drive, TDs right? But helps out a lot. I, it does, yeah. yeah. Those, those uh, help out quite a bit, uh, for sure. I actually had some some of the prop bets, like what were the odds on some of these things and and how it ended up playing out, which is kind of interesting to see it, like, in, in hindsight. We usually just look at what the odds are going into it. Brent Martineau back here at Fleming Island Golf Club. Uh, by the way, uh, Fleming Island Golf Club, one of the discounted golf courses on our Dream 18 card. Uh, happy Valentine's Day. So if you're looking for a late gift and forgot about it or something, and uh, well, your significant other likes golf, ActionSportsShacksDream18.com will help you out. Boom, just like that. Um, and they'll love it. And you get discounted golf here, plus top of the tee. That's where we're at uh, right behind us. And um, come on out, hit golf balls. Really unique setup here at Fleming Island Golf Club. They got the golf course. They got guys hitting on the range and, and gals hitting on the range. And then you can just play. Uh, they got the bar right here. You can play almost like top golf style right behind me uh, with 10 bays and have some fun uh, any time of the day. So uh, I was looking at some of these odds, guys, and offensive player Super Bowl MVP is minus 2,500. How about that? Wow. Uh, so you figure it's going to go there. But the MVP odds, Stafford was six to five, Joe Burrow twelve to five, then Cooper Cup was four to one. Mm-hmm. But if you had Aaron Donald now, you were gonna make some money. Sixteen to one odds. I bet on Aaron Donald. Did you really? Did you mm-hmm. really? Yeah. Yeah, it's so not sixteen a bad bet. to one. I mean and, and you could have made the case that he, he should have got it. Yeah. Like you could make the case. So I, I didn't think it like I agree with you, but I didn't think it was gonna like if it, I would have been so surprised if it wasn't Cooper Cup, just because yeah. of the touchdowns, like the last yeah. touchdown that that has to well, go. Well, and, and the drive, right? But but actually, the game ended on Aaron Donald's two significant plays: the run stuff and then the pressure on on Burrow. So, yeah, I mean, oh, listen, I'm not surprised by it. I just think you can at least make the case for it. I wouldn't have complained. I mean, what. yeah, he had what? He had three total tackles, two sacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you watch the game, like the impact on the game, you know. Um, it just fe- felt more, uh, and again, in big-time spots. So, you know, Maurice Jones, I was talking to Maurice Jones, Drew, this, uh, in, in the last few weeks, and he said something to me. It was really interesting, I thought, uh, that we were talking, because he, he does the Rams games, you know, and he's like, man, when that guy wants to turn it on, right, when it's go time, it's go time. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and it was like you saw that. Like, when he, when he needs a big play, when it's third and three, right, or, or when it's fourth and one, He's like, all right, time to dial it up to another level. And, and you can't do that all the time. You've got to pace yourself if you're a big-time player. Yeah. But he said he's got that capability. And I think it was on display. It was interesting. I had that conversation with Mojo just a few weeks ago. And I told somebody I, I was watching a game with yesterday, and I was like, well, there it is. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I'll never forget watching Hard Knocks with the Rams. I think it was when it was the Rams and – was it the Chargers? Was the, they have the Rams and Chargers? Yeah. yeah. I think they did, yeah. 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 And um, – like, watching him at practice, just, you know, going through, like, team drills and stuff, and, like, literally doing whatever he wants to the point where McVay's going to be like, hey, all right, dude, you, you have to calm down because, like, we have to run our offense as well because you're, you're wrecking everything. <laughs> like, I mean, that's literally the only time I've ever seen that, like, on hard knocks or even on a practice field. But, like, that's just how good he is. Like, when he needs to turn it on, 
um, the, the guy's unstoppable. And it, it makes you wonder if, I mean, if that was that that was it, you know, because there was rumors saying that he might retire after winning the Super Bowl. Well, he won the Super Bowl now, and you have to wonder if one of the the, the best um, to do at his position are going to walk away now. Yeah, well, and where do you think that is? Like, there's some interesting stuff coming out of, of these kind of games. That's one of them. That was kind of like, whoa, really? Like, why would he do that? He's he's not old at all. He doesn't look like he's declining at all. Uh, I will always say this. I always share this story, and I think it's a fascinating story. We see guys retire more and more earlier uh, from the NFL especially, although that seems like it's cooled off a little bit. But I share the story of Cliff Averill, a guy who was right out here in Clay County, and that's where he's from, and he played for this, the Lions and the Seahawks. Uh, everybody knows who Cliff is, mm -hmm. super guy. And he had promised his dad, he's like, listen, uh, once I play 10 years in the NFL, I'll hang it up. And I think, I'm pretty sure he got one more year in because he's playing so well. <laughs> but, but he kind of did, like right around that time frame, he hung it up. And and you just like listen, there's more to it after that, right? I want to be, I want to have my wits about me. I want to be able to. It's such a violent game. I I want to give everything I got for X period of time, and then and then move on to something else. And Aaron Donald has accomplished everything now that you can accomplish. He's got every accolade. He's got more money than he knows what to do with. And maybe there's other things, bigger things that he'd like to do. You never know what a guy's thinking. And so while it's a little bit surprising because top of the game, um, and and he's not like old. By any means, like Brady, at least like he's old. You know, he's still at the top of his game potentially, but he's old. Like I wouldn't be surprised to see a guy like Aaron Donald. It wouldn't be as stunning to me as I think it it might say to the rest of the league and, and football fans. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised either. You know, he, he's definitely earned his stripes. Um, you know, I mean, I think the biggest thing going forward for him in terms of legacy, like, yeah, you won the Super Bowl and everything. And, like, I, I'm not sure. And, you know, obviously there's going to be the debate. Like, where does he rank in terms of the best of all time? And, you know, we had this conversation last week where we're, it's in sports, it's such a stat-driven position, I feel like, with quarterback sacks. And if you look at the quarterback sacks, I mean, you know, he's not even, like, the, I don't think he's in the top ten, if I'm not mistaken. So, like, I wonder, like, how much that really means to him. Obviously not if retirement's already on the brain. But regardless of, of where he ranks in terms of, of tackles and quarterback sacks and all that stuff, I mean, in terms of playing that three technique, um, I think he, he redefined the position. You know, because you, you always think of the athletes and, and the guys getting out to the quarterback at the edge. You know, I, I, I grew up with Reggie White. You know, I mean, that, that was his specialty. And you never really saw that from a three technique so much like you did with Aaron Donald. I mean, there's been dominant three techniques out there. There's been Warren Sapp. You know, there's been John Randall. But, uh, but, but a guy uh, as fast, fluid, and athletic to get to the quarterback time and time again, I mean, few could do it like Aaron Donald. So, I mean, I selfishly want to keep on playing because I want to see just how long I can keep it up for. But obviously, if he chooses to walk away, you obviously understand that as well. Absolutely. All right, let's get to the, the most important question of the day. What do you think of the uh, halftime show um, at the Super Bowl? I'm never this halftime show guru, which shouldn't surprise anybody. Mm -hmm. uh, also, really don't care about it to the length that other people do. Um but I, I think it's interesting because you have people in my age group, uh, like in mid-40s, and then you are in your early to mid-30s, and then uh, Casey's in his mid-20s. So we're hitting a couple of different, you know, age groups that I think this plays differently too. So go ahead, Austin. What do you think? Mwah, chef's kiss. Snuff said top three performances of all time. Top three? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Really? My, so, Michael Jackson. Uh, Prince, oh. Prince and yeah. Michael Jackson? Michael Jackson, Prince, and then... Yeah, that, the, Dr. Dre, what we saw last night. 
Wow. Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. Uh, and, and why? Uh, I mean, first of all, in terms of nostalgia, um, it hit all the, the right cylinders for me right yep. there. Um, in terms of just presentation, I thought it was a really cool just a whole scene there where like everyone kind of had like their own room and everything. Yeah. Um, everybody got their chance to shine. So I thought that was great. Um, it was a great combination of, of new school with Kendrick Lamar. I mean, I said new school. He's been around for a while, but like he was like kind of like the newer school. You had Anderson Pac on the drums doing his thing. And then the combination of old school, you know, I mean, Dr. Dre um, starting it off, Eminem making an appearance, 50 Cent, Mary J. Blige, who could, could probably could have did a whole concert by herself. Girls bringing the energy. I respect True. it. So... Yeah, I thought just in terms of combination, in terms of kind of, you know, ranging from um, year after year, um, I thought that they did a hell of a job. And obviously it was entertaining. I mean, I, th I thought it was great. Yeah. Uh, Casey, go ahead. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. Um, I'm not usually a halftime person, and frankly, I don't even remember, like, the ones that I have seen. Like, I remember Maroon 5 because I bet on them, but other than that, I don't remember. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I thought don't, it was... Don't admit that out loud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't win them all. But, yeah. uh yeah, I thought it, I thought it was awesome. Uh, Snoop and Dre were cool, um, and then I like how they did it with Kendrick, like the just like I guess the look of it, mm -hmm. how they had all the people around him that all looked the same, and then obviously yeah. Eminem is that dude. So yeah, th I thought the whole thing was awesome. I think I thought it was a home run. All right, Brett, yeah. now go in ahead. Oh, Brett, you're in too. Yeah. No. Well, here's the because, deal. Like, because you know the, me. because uh, there were some olds out there that weren't a big fan of it. Well, yeah, and I don't know. I'd probably be like you tell me like in the olds category, but you know me, I got an affinity for Eminem. That's true. And. and uh, and I'd be lying to say I like locked into Dr. Dre and and Snoop for sure. Like back in the day, like some of the people in my age group really were. Yeah. But I mean, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and tell you I was. I I liked it for the storytelling part of it, like you said, each in their own room. I noticed something else, and and so, so one of my counterparts said. Don't let that be your only takeaway. But I actually thought this was one of the takeaways. I've been to so many of these halftime shows. I've never seen a show where they didn't turn the lights off. Oh, okay. Oh, that's true. And they didn't do it. Yeah. Like, it was like the whole time. You saw what was happening the whole time. Like, there wasn't, there was no need for, like, costume changes and all these different, like, move the stage off, move the stage on. Like, it, they just stayed. It, I thought that's what made it a little bit different. I'm not saying that made it great or not, but my observation of that was unique mm -hmm. to the Super Bowl where they usually have all this theatrical presentation, right? Um, and I think it was kind of simplistic, although uh, it, w mixing in the artist was really good. So, yeah, I, I liked it. I'm not going to sit here. It's like, I don't know where to rank them. I never do. Uh, I don't honestly remember Michael Jackson performance. I've seen it now like going back. Prince is the one that really got everybody's attention. And since then, it's been a lot of like the Maroon 5s, Katy Perry's, and trying to hit like that millennial crowd. Um, I thought it was interesting they tried to hit, like, a my-age crop, like the 40s and, and even 50s, mm, yeah. <laughs> which was pretty interesting. And I'll tell you one other thing, that I thought it got rave reviews on social media, and I did not expect it to. Oh, really? Because nobody usually likes anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, so, there's was, there was just so many hits that got played, you know? I know. And they play it. See, people do like that, right? It's like if you go to any – you want to hear the stuff, mm -hmm. like the good stuff, the stuff you remember, the stuff that makes you, you go back. And anyway, I, I thought – I think it's great that our, most people enjoyed it. I, I yeah. know you're going to get you some people that don't, but I think uh, from the whole thing was, was a hit, was good. Uh, and I love the fact that Casey in his 20s, you in your 30s, me in my 40s can say that. Like, Absolutely. I think that's, yeah. that's a pretty good home run. And, and by the way, like I told somebody, I said, everybody's after the millennial crowd now. 
like in TV, we're after the millennial crowd. In radio, we're after the millennial crowd. Every sponsor, every advertiser, everybody's after the millennial crowd. And so for this to play okay in that arena, even though it really wasn't their wheelhouse set of artists, I, I would think, um, they probably got some of it, you know, as they were growing up. Yeah. I think that's a pretty good play uh, by the Super Bowl and and, uh, and and everybody who put it together. So, yeah, I don't know where to rank it. I'm not going to lie to you here and sit there and say, yeah, it definitely was top three. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I think I think hands down, if you ask people, Prince is widely considered to be the best. Widely considered. And that even topped Michael Jackson, which has got to be tough to do. Yeah. Um, and, and then after that, Sure, if you want to put it third, that's cool. I'm, I'm not here to rank them, but I thought uh, I thought it was pretty cool to see it well-received in a world where we don't really get anything well-received anymore. No, for sure. You know, it, it was cool just to kind of relive that and show my son, like, hey, so this is, this is what your old man grew up to a little bit, you know? So yeah. show a little respect, stop playing on the Nintendo Switch, and let's sit back and watch 50 Cent almost pass out from hanging upside down too long because <laughs> I was worried about 50 Cent for a second. <laughs> I'm going to say this. So the, the, the next Super Bowl is in Las Vegas, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would hate to be whoever's going to do that halftime show because, like, to me, like, how are you going to follow that up? It's probably going to be magic. It's going to be, it's going to be David Copperfield. Yeah. No, you know what it's going to be? Because, be cool. because, you know, you saw it online, all the olds are freaking out. It's going to be Alan Jackson, George Strait, and Garth Brooks. They're going to have their time now, like an all-star lineup of country music. Has there been a country music performance? It, I was going to say, it's the one genre, it's Show the Brent. one thing. Yep. That, that and let's keep it like that. No, listen, they, they bring out country for everything, right? Because the country music genre is... It's big now, yeah. right? I mean, it really is. It's huge. And so they bring them out for everything. Every act seems country in some way, shape, or form, even if it's crossing over into the pop world. You know this. You work uh, in, in the morning show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, but it's really interesting that the Super Bowl has not played to that yeah. very often. Um, I don't remember. I'm sure there has been. Uh, but I don't, rem like, I mean, I remember the Justin Timberlakes and the Jennifer Lopez's and, now listen, we didn't have a Shakira moment, which wouldn't have been okay. But, uh, <laughs> uh, so, but like, I don't really, it's an interesting play that they don't have. It. And by the way, Vegas isn't going to be the place they do that. No, like, no, no. I don't know. Like, what's a Vegas, like, I'm sure there are really some good acts from Vegas. Vegas is going to, it's going to be. But I'm you, it wouldn't be bad if they included, like, Copperfield or something in the act at yeah. halftime. That'd be, no? Yeah. No. You, know, you want to like that? I mean, I guess if you want to go like Neil Diamond and stuff and like do that I whole thing. Neil hey, you said Vegas, didn't you? Well, who's the guy? Who was the one guy that used to play there all the time? Wayne Before, Newton? All, Wayne Newton, yeah. yeah. Is that what I don't yeah. know who you're talking, talking about. No, no, that's one. Oh, okay, yeah, Wayne yeah, yeah, Wayne Newton. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Before, before the other artists, like before Celine Dion signed like a contract there. Yeah, yeah. Right? And Garth and, and I don't know if Neil Diamond has whatever, but like it was Wayne Newton was the guy, right? Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I mean, yeah. assuming they're all still alive, right? I don't want to speak here. I'm <laughs> yeah. seriously Googling this honestly, right now. I don't know. If okay, is, so here's what you do. Alive? Yep. So you're going to get Neil Diamond and Wayne Newton together in a, in a Vegas, in an Elvis Presley impersonator. I don't think so. And okay. Carrot Top. So. And Carrot Top. <laughs> so, so by the way. Carrot Top came to Ashley University Blaine? one year. How about that? Really? <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Uh, Shania uh, Twain, 2003. Nah. Uh, yeah, but she's playing every single Thanksgiving, though, for, like, my entire childhood. So country music had their influences on the NFL. I mean, I, I will say, Williams I, did the, the Monday football thing forever, too, keep in mind. Well, that's true. Yeah. I, I will say this, Austin. Like, you have so many different genres that end up in Vegas that I wondered if they did, like, a cross-genre show. Yeah. Like, more than they've done in the past. I know they've kind of mixed in the past, but I wonder if they could create something from... A lot of different genres because it's just 
if, if I was going to venture a guess, actually, and try to put some money down on what I think is going to be next, and Casey, feel free to come with me on this one. Yep. As much as I hate to say it, I think it's going to be like the pop punk scene, and it's going to be like Machine Gun Kelly and like Blink-182 yeah. and all that, because that, that stuff's like making a resurgence again. So, like, I bet that's what it's going to be. I don't disagree. Much to my chagrin, even though we play it nonstop on 95.1 WAP, um, but I'm not the biggest Machine Gun Kelly fan. Same. Yeah. All right. By Ariana way, Grande. Ariana Grande would be nice. I wouldn't kill she, She's talented, man. she got some pipes on her. Going back so to this year's, though, I think another reason that it hit, like, home with people my age, like, we, like, people my age, like, we know who Dr. Dre is, and we know, like, Eminem, obviously, but you don't see them. Like, Snoop Dogg is everywhere, so you can see <laughs> him. Like, 50 Cent True. people know, like, I guarantee you, a lot of people my age have not been to an Eminem concert because he doesn't do them. Yeah. Same with Dr. Dre. So the idea that, like, you could see them and they actually are real people, I think is, it's different. Obviously, we know they're real people, but you never see them out. That's a good so I think point. That's, that's a good point. Cool. That is a really good point. And, and I think that was part of the allure of it is, like, oh, hard times for some of these guys, you know, or whatever. Like, they don't look like they used to look. Yeah. <laughs> hey, neither do we. No, for sure. <laughs> people people got to stop calling them 75 cent, too. That was not very nice. Yes. Because there was a Twitter. lot of dollar fifty 70, and dollars out there. 75 cent was trending last night, and I'm disappointed in people online. You guys are mean. Leave 50 uh, cent alone. At least they didn't throw a pitch out. No, there you go. <laughs> you tell it. Hey, by the way, Vegas is in two years. I think next year is Arizona. And then uh, Vegas is in two okay. years. So we got time to plan it still. That's okay, I got saying. you. I got you. All right, we got to take a break. Uh, live at Fleming Island Golf Club, more Super Bowl talk, and uh, the rest of the world in sports. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. I haven't talked to him about his future with, with our team. Certainly hope that means he still uh, wants to be a Ram, but guys like him are why you coach Jordan. He has elevated everybody. I think the epitome of greatness is making everybody that you're around in every situation you're a part of better. It's exactly what Aaron does. And that still doesn't do justice to what an impact that he's made in terms of elevating our whole organization. And I promise you guys that, you know, I was mic'd up so you guys can you guys can hear. When it was a fourth down and you could see they got into the shotgun and they were probably not going to run the football, I said Aaron's going to close the game out right here. And he is the effing man. <laughs> That's pretty good from Sean McVay there. I mean, Aaron Donald's pretty cool. You know, he's been around for a long time in that organization. He's seen the, 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 the downs and the ups and just a terrific player. I don't, I don't know. Listen, there are some guys... I'm sure Cleveland fans not in love with the OBJ stuff. I'm, I'm sure there's some Lions fans. I, I would think most are happy with Stafford. I know there's a lot of Jags fans about Jalen Ramsey, uh, but I can't imagine too many people are, are are not happy for a guy like Aaron Donald. When you are that good, in my opinion, when you're that good, you, you'll want to have a ring. Like uh, Again, I, I loved Dan Marino as a kid, and it kind of burns me that he doesn't have a ring because he was good enough to win one. You know, He was that kind of player. And so uh, good for Aaron Donald be able to get that. We only got a quick segment here uh, live back at uh, Fleming Island uh, Golf Club and uh, I got a trivia question for you guys but you got to do it in like two minutes or less. Okay. Active quarterbacks with a Super Bowl win. Active NFL quarterbacks with a Super Bowl Ooh. win. I hope you didn't see this. I'm stealing it off Twitter but it was a couple hours ago. No. I didn't see it. Okay. So obviously Stafford. Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, Russell Wilson. Yeah. Russell Wilson. That's three. How many are there? How many are there? Yeah. Six. Oh my. Whew. Um, Nick, well, is Nick Foles active? Yeah. Oh, very good. Okay. Yes. Nick Foles. I thought oh. that might take a while to get. No, we're all good. We're good, man. We, we know what we're doing here. Yeah, You'll be... get one more. Uh, Flacco. Joe Flacco. Holy shnikes. You got Flacco before you got the one I thought you were going to get. Who are we missing? Has to be a backup. 
Did you see? I said, let me just double check you. I didn't miss one. Stafford, Rodgers, Wilson, Foles, Flacco, right? Yep. Yep. All right. Well, you're missing a pretty obvious one. Mahomes. Oh, Patrick Mahomes, yeah. Yes. Yep. Gosh, I can't hey, believe you got, got Flacco. Any, got any more brain busters? <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah. I can't believe you got Flacco. Yeah. Like, who's he even playing for? Uh, uh, Jets? Jets, right? Yeah, the only reason I remember it is because the Mike Jets White. posted a meme when they traded him, oh, okay. and it was him talking to Mike White and Zach Wilson talking about how back in the day he won a Super Bowl. So that's what uh, made me click. There it is. All right. Well, there you go. Congratulations, guys. You win absolutely nothing. Uh, <laughs> Just but a tried. commercial break. So uh, yeah. we'll be back 4 o'clock hour. Uh, speaking of winners, I hear uh, Casey is – I didn't see this as part of the rundown today, but I guess he's giving us a, a winning speech coming off the picks of the year. Oh, I can't wait to hear this. It's pretty yeah, good. Is, it, is it better victory than, speech. than The Rock last night? I hope so. Oh, oh maybe my not. gosh, by the way. What was that? Hey, that, that didn't need to happen. What was that? I'm, I'm all set with The Rock. Thank you very much. Wow, that was longer than the national anthem. That was it was ridiculous. I, Didn't I have thought to happen. like the t- I thought somebody stopped my TV. <laughs> like I was like, is he still out there? Like what is he possibly doing? What is he saying? Uh, we'll be yeah. back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN six ninety live from Fleming Island Golf Club. By the way, get discounted golf right here with the Dream eighteen card. Action Sports Jacks. Dream18.com, the place to get a Dream eighteen card. Discounted golf. It's tremendous value. As well this year as a lot of rates have gone up. Not here at Fleming Island, though. They've kept the rates the same. So come on out and play some golf as spring heats up. We'll be right back on ESPN 690.